the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. And now it's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Be She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Mecca, Shane Madison. Madison. Jealousy is something that the Mecca Shane Madison has had to deal with my entire life. It doesn't matter! Because I guarantee that the Mecca will win. And producer Chris. He's just a money-making machine, that guy. As somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other adventures. The guy is a mogul. And now, he, she's wrestling. He, she's wrestling. We don't like cutting shortcuts on BC's wrestling, but tonight for Labor Day, we had no choice to bring you episode 71. We had to all get on teams of all things. I don't. I had to download download teams today so that we could bring this episode to you because local wrestling has never been hotter or more controversial in my entire life. Mecca Shane Madison, tell me what you wanted to talk about off the top. Well, first of all, you're looking good there for uh, episode 61. You know, you've got uh, 71. 71, sorry. Yes, 71. No, but it's, uh, hey, listen, there's a lot going on. And you know what? For once, we're starting, and we're not even talking about primos. we got somebody else to uh, to uh, play to play around with this week. Yeah, you know, when you put five letters in your name, it better spell a word like smash or break. But when you call it C-N-W-E-A, you are asking for trouble before you even promote an event. And then you promote an event and nothing happens. And you've, they've done this for years. Talked about their next big event coming up. And somehow it never comes to fruition. Why is that? You know what's funny is they say it was due to circumstances beyond their control. But <laughs> what, what I saw was the circumstance was they didn't have a wrestling ring. So my question becomes, if you don't have a wrestling ring, why are you advertising a wrestling show? Uh, good question. Now, my I, I asked the promoter, Rob Steele, what the heck happened? And he said, our, our agreement for the ring fell through, which sounds like they probably made an agreement with a competitor to rent their ring. And then the competitor probably saw an opportunity to ask for an extra hundred or two, maybe three, and then the promoter was like, hey, we can't rent this ring and break even, even though this show had no chance of breaking even from the starts. And so rather than save credibility and have a show, I believe they canceled it the day of. What about the wrestlers that were booked? Who was booked on this show? Uh, you know what? I, I have no idea. I think it's probably the usual suspects. There's a bunch of wrestlers who've uh, wrestled in Alberta and all these weird names that I've never even heard of on this show. Let's call it the way it is. This show was never happening. It was not <laughs> going to happen. I knew it when I put it in the event center last week when I was trying to talk about the Christian National Wrestling Exhibition Alliance. Like, that's a handful right there. I mean, I knew this show wasn't going to happen. It's run by this guy, Rob Steele, our good friend, Louie. Yeah. Right. And these shows, this has happened 
how many times is this now? Three, four shows where they'd advertise these shows. And then now they say, oh, we'll be back in whatever month in September. We know that's not happening. At what point do these guys just throw in the towel and say, listen, we're not even a legitimate organization here. What are we doing? Yeah. And this is the same company that was talking to a catfish version of Chavo Guerrero a few, like six months ago and advertised him and Chavo was like, I'm not coming. They told me they had on Chavo to do it for 250 American dollars. And I was like, oh, what a, what a good score knowing full well that could not be the same Chavo Guerrero. And so the, they don't have the mindset to be good promoters. They shouldn't try it. And, and then to use the Christian angle, like they're like the whole Christian, community is all going to support something because you put the Christian label on. I think that's pretty presumptive, presumptive for a promoter to try that. It's like, that would be like saying, oh, well, all the Christians are only going to come to a show that's called Christian National Wrestling Exhibition Alliance. You could tell I was having trouble remembering the name. Um, but like why Christian would go to any wrestling show. Why would a Christian go to that and not primos, right? So- so when you talk to the promoter, Rob Steele, who I've never had any dealings with, what did he say? What, what, what is his vision for this promotion or why is this never, why are these shows never happening? Well, he was a nice guy. He, he tried to make it sound like it was routine and that they've got everything in place to come back with another show in a couple of weeks or months and that they're going to start promoting concerts, which is apparently his background dating back to 2005. I have very little confidence in him because, again, promoting is all about credibility. If you can't establish credibility, how in the world are you going to be successful? And that's the problem that they're going to run into. No credibility, no success. And they blew their credibility here. With You promote a date, it doesn't happen, you lose credibility. Unless you have a good reason for it. Like, hey, there was really bad weather. Or, hey... Three of our talents got into a car accident and couldn't make it. Oh, we had to cancel the show. People will understand that. But when you just cancel it because your deal for a wrestling ring fell through, if you don't own your own wrestling ring, you've already got a problem. So you got to make sure you have enough credibility that the person you're renting your ring from will never screw you that way. And, you know, here's the thing. You know, I get messages after every episode of Bishi's Wrestling Drops. People saying, hey, what are you going to say about primos next week? Is this going to be the fourth week in a row when you guys are going to, quote unquote, roast primos? But I'm like, I will stand behind that. I think we're pretty fair to primos. But I said, you know what? No, this week, I want to talk about the CNWEA. What a debacle it is. What a disaster it is. And it actually really angers me that these guys keep doing this. And then they want us They want us to talk about them. They want credibility here, and they keep falling flat on their face. I'll tell you right now, I saw some posts online. I can say with certainty that ring was not coming from Graham. I doubt Danny was renting them the ring. We know WPW is not renting them the ring. But no, so I'm not confident. What's that? They use AJ's ring, so they couldn't have rented a ring either way. Yeah, so I'm not confident these guys ever had something like this lined up. Well, because the only other ring I can think of is Bobby Collins owns a ring, but I don't. Was he advertised on the show? I don't think. Yeah, this show was so under the radar. Um, 
you know, anyways, it, again, you're welcome for uh, 10 minutes of talking about the CNWEA. That'll probably be the last 10 minutes we give you on the Beef She's Wrestling Show. Well, you, you know what's good, though, for primos is now that they're now with CNWEA, CNWEA, it's going to take a lot to get used to. Now with these characters saying they're running shows, Primos can now say they're the second second worst in the in the market, not the worst. Speaking of Primos, the only thing I can tell you this week about them is I reached out to them. I inquired about sponsoring a wrestler. No response because they do not want our money. They must have it all sold out or something. We must. I mean, maybe we need to put like a post on Facebook or rally the rally the listeners together. I mean, Graham Keem has thrown away valuable advertising dollars. We have a a willing advertiser here in She's Wrestling. We want to sponsor Adam Knight. We know what a fan Adam Knight is of you. We know what a fan you are of Adam Knight. This would be a match made in in heaven. Now we have a budget, (laughs) and we know the value of Adam Knight, so we're not going to get bent over here. So if there's a sponsor that wants to spend more to sponsor Adam Knight, by all means, take that sponsor. But I can tell you that we think we're the only ones that have offered to sponsor. So take our money. Take our money. Tell us what the price is. And we will gladly sponsor the Outlaw Adam Knight. There is a picture of of Adam Knight in a B's shirt uh, against his will. (laughs) But it looks great on him. It really brings out his eyes. You know, and... So are we going to, is the game plan this week, are we going to continue to try to attempt to make this happen? Because I think we really, we have time. October yeah. 1st, flipping the script is far away. Over a month. We have time to make this happen. Well, it's now less than a month, but realistically, um, I want an answer. Like, my money, my money expires at midnight this Thursday. They've either said yes or or they will or we're pulling our money we're pulling our advertising i'm dead serious about this but only if they're serious about taking my money because that's the way i feel about this adam knight has to go to the ring in a b she's wrestling t-shirt he can't wipe his ass with it he can't besmirch our good podcast if he says one bad word we get a full refund and our listeners and there's been a bunch of them way more than are going to primo shows our listeners will support the Primo show if we say that we're sponsoring Adam Knight. And they they will be there and they will be chanting slapper, slapper, slapper. And not slap her as in slap a woman, but the slapper, the guy that slaps. And here's the thing, though. If, if this does come to fruition, we end up sponsoring Adam Knight on the next Primo show. We all know he's great at taking direction. Oh yeah, and so so if we're if he's told to say this in the promo or do this or do that, we know it'll work out perfectly just the way we had envisioned. Oh yes, he will deliver it perfectly. Thing with Adam Knight is he so that we're we're not like typical sponsors. We're not just going to give you our money and just want our logo on a shirt. We will, there's certain things we require, and we're going to be very particular what we want from the wrestler we sponsor. I want an elbow off the top rope. <laughs> I want I want a. I want him. To, I want the wrestler he's trying to do that to to move. <laughs> I want him to get up and no sell the missed elbow off the top rope. I want him then to do like a a somersault leg drop that he hits and one two three. And so if Adam Knight loses, I want my sponsorship money back. This is and already not happening. Most importantly, we need to have a bumper for B She's Wrestling, so that way we can play it every week. With Adam yeah. Knight's talking about B. She's endorsing the, the podcast. Thing. There you go. We've got that figured out. Moving on now. 
there's one of the one of Winnipeg's wrestling promoters has been found not guilty, and I'm relieved because I I had written him off. I thought there was no jury that was ever going to vote this guy not guilty, but he managed to skirt the law. Yeah, I got a, a message from Danny Duggan. I guess he might have. I think he thought that I was. Uh, what did he say? He said something like, "Oh, you can't blast me for." going against the public guidelines or something. And I don't recall ever doing that. I, I don't remember if I did that or not. I don't think I did. But apparently, from what he told me, there were multiple calls from the same people, apparently, who were involved in this Marty Skrull trying to get him canceled from venues situation. Multiple calls. In fact, authorities showed up at some of these closed set locations that CWE was running events on during the pandemic, basically to check up on things. Yeah. And then they wrote it or something, right? Yeah. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically my, yeah, Danny told my, me this is, I could be wrong and Danny don't hold it against me. If I am Danny got CWE got charged and fined a significant amount of money for not following the public health guidelines. They chose to fight that, that's fine. Now, their argument was that they were in this high-level production of television, right? And I guess they went in front of a judge or a magistrate to make their case to not have to pay the fine. And they managed to convince the magistrate or the judge that this high-level production of television allowed them to be, that they followed the guidelines for a television production. And that's why they were allowed to host these, this event and that the fans that were in attendance were cast members. And I guess in, in when it was all said and done, the magistrate agreed and, and threw the fight out. Now, I would argue, and luckily I wasn't the prosecuting attorney, okay, what? where's this TV contract that you had? Oh, it was for YouTube for free distribution? Okay, well, that would that wouldn't really that really wouldn't have been a television production. That would have been a hobbyist running a video on online. But for Danny's sake, congratulations, you beat it. You now don't have to put that money away for the fine. You get to continue on. It reminds me of a former business partner partner of mine that was always, you know, preparing his defense for when the, when the fuzz were coming down on him. And I wouldn't want to live like that, but I'm not here to proclaim that Danny didn't push the envelope in promoting events during the pandemic, it was his. It was his call, and I don't judge him for it. There was public health guidelines. Pizza places weren't allowed to, or restaurants weren't allowed to have their dining rooms open. A lot of essential services you couldn't go to Walmart and buy anything but but shoes and mitts, if I'm not mistaken. And it was basically essential goods only because they didn't want people going outside to shop. I guarantee the reason for the guideline was they didn't want people gathering for a for a local wrestling event. But you know what? You made a good case. Probably whoever the prosecuting attorney was didn't do a ton of homework to figure out how to get the the fine enforced. And and congratulations to you, Danny. But I wouldn't be going out there and saying not guilty like you just got acquitted of murder. <laughs> but hey, that's that's just me. That's just me. So congratulations, CWE, and no, I'm not blasting you. I think it's great that you're that stubborn, and when the law and when the government says, "Hey, stop doing this," you say, "I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do it my own way." I love that about Danny. It makes it entertaining for me. So that's my that's my take on that. 
Yeah, for sure. And of course, they just had another uh, show at Rookies. And uh, man, there were a couple of no shows at this Rookies show. We had a couple of guys not. Well, you know, two guys didn't show up. One of them is longtime friend of of the show, Madman Muir. Did not show up. Madman. Madman Muir, after he was, let's call it the way it is. People aren't exactly knocking on Madman's door to get him working for their promotion. And he was apparently training a few trainees. Really? Training some people, yeah. And then he wanted to let Danny know, hey, listen, I want to be exclusive to CWE. I'm going to work for you. And that's that. And I guess, hey, listen, he's given the ball and unprofessionally no-shows rookies last Friday. Now, the now I could only imagine the value Madman Muir brings to a roster. Certainly, even in the early 2000s, 20 years ago, I believe he had a heart attack and was like, he he was, at that time, he looked old. So add 20 years to this. I can only imagine how how much he has to show today. So when he no-shows, is the booker sitting there going, oh, no, well, how are we going to rejig things to get this show off? Or do they just say, oh, no problem, Some so-and-so will work under a mask? We're not losing much. Like, I, I wouldn't even have noticed he wasn't there. They might do stuff like that, but I've also been at shows at Rookies where, you know, so-and-so will be sitting in the crowd watching the show with me, and then they'll come up to him and go, hey, you know, you got your gear? You want to get in? We're short on a guy. And they'll just throw a guy in the ring. So um, is that why Kevin Chevy was on the show? Maybe I'm not sure what happened there. But the other AJ Sand, and so I would other, say maybe that was a last minute adjustment, perhaps. But the other name that didn't uh, show was our number two guy, Malcolm Lovechild from Primos, did not number, show. I thought Kevin O'Dolly was number two. Oh, that's right. Kevin O'Dolly is number two. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. He's our number three guy then. Yeah. And then ref, that ref is number four, obviously. Yes. But apparently with Malcolm Lovechild, apparently the directive was given from Mark Merrick, don't go to the CWE show. That's the word that I got. Does this guy hold enough credibility with some of that talent that they'll no show on his command? I have, Could you imagine that phone call? Hey, I know I got caught lying about a tag match I wasn't in. I know I said I was shutting down. I'm not. But I need you to do me one favor. Don't show up for CWE this Friday. And but if guy, you're, no problem? But if you're Malcolm Lovechild and you're not, like, let's call it the way it is. Mark Merrick probably brought this guy into the business. This guy's <laughs> not getting a sniff anywhere else. He probably maybe feels he owes him some sort of sense of, Whatever, but if I'm Malcolm Lovechild, and if the promoter calls me and tells me that, for me, as a greenhorn, I would call Danny and say, hey, listen, I just got this really weird call from Mark Merrick, and he's asking me to no-show this event, and I've committed to you, but please understand that I also work there. He gave me my break. You know, I'm kind of stuck in the middle here. Would it be okay if I didn't go? That's probably what should have happened. And I'm sure Danny would have said, hey, I understand, no big deal. Yeah, Danny wouldn't have cared, but a phone call went a long way here. But you know what? Some people don't call. Why would you bother? It's easy enough. Why why break bad news? Because you think you're that important to the show. That's how it seems to go. Like, I've never no-showed a show ever. 
Have you ever no-showed a show? Yes, I did, and I got sued over it. So what oh, happened? Really? I was booked for the CWF at Stagger Lee's, which was the Polo Park Inn, and um, Ernie called me, and he's like, you're under contract. You have to show up. And Vance had been fired as booker, and I was like, why? And he's like, we want to start an angle with you. And I was like, okay, well, like, it was like a Thursday night show, and I lived out of Winnipeg. It wasn't exactly easy. And then um, Easy Rider called me, and he said, if you're on the show, you're only a ref. And I said, okay, well, does that mean you don't want me? And I got the indication that Easy didn't want me on the show. So I was like, okay, so Easy's the booker, and he doesn't seem to want me. So then I didn't show up and Ernie Todd called it an unprofessional no-show, but I was unclear because the promoter told me I was booked, but the booker told me I was useless basically. Um, so I didn't show up and Ernie then proceeded to take legal action against me several months later when I was the River City Wrestling booker and it was more to sort of try to wash any momentum getting with River City. So that that's the only time I could think I no-showed. Um, well, so it's so funny. Whenever we talk lawsuits, it's always involving the CWF or Ernie Todd for some reason. Yeah, he used to because he understood he could go down to the law courts building, pay thirty dollars for the paperwork, and file a lawsuit against anybody. Stanton and Ernie loved to file these lawsuits. Stanton sued Vance Nevada. Ernie sued me. Ernie sued Vance. Uh, I think Ernie sued Stanton. Stanton and, and Ernie ended up in court. Ernie uh, Stanton put Easy Rider on and said aren't you a hell's angel and easy looked at him and said no and he's like isn't it true you like to bully people <laughs> and easy was like no <laughs> he's like you're a biker you're like a member of the hell's angels and 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 easy said no i i do ride a motorcycle but i'm not a hell's angel so <laughs> I, I think ernie ended up winning that one as the defendant he beat the plaintiff in that one Oh my goodness! So much, so much fun locally here. Yeah, what's going on with Winnipeg Pro? Do they have anything on the going on? Um, you know what? They've just they just announced a new name for the Who's Rumble the of name? the Burt, and you might remember him from YTV. I PJ, didn't watch a lot of YTV. Neither did I, but PJ Fresh Phil. Okay, is he a wrestler? Well. So I went on his uh, Instagram page, and apparently he is a wrestler in southern Ontario, mainly in the Toronto area. He's kind of a smaller guy. He's like, uh, he was, I guess he was like a, I don't know what you'd call it, a YTV, like a, v, a VJ? Yeah. Um, he was, yeah, I mean, uh, Chris, do you remember this guy? Uh, really, really mildly, but like nothing crazy like the name didn't pop out to me but i saw the reaction i was like oh i think i better look this guy up yeah so i mean again wpw thinking outside the box uh it's someone i would have never considered mike you would have never nope. considered but you look at the response online and people are excited to see this guy. Like, I, when I saw his face, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember him. I didn't actually get YTV as a channel when I was a kid because my parents didn't want me to have channels up that high. I think it was channel 30. And if I turned the little dials on my VCR, I might get up to channel 19 or something. I didn't get to channel 30. So, but um, maybe yeah, he was so more relevant after YTV was relevant to us, maybe. I mean, he was probably early 90s, and at that point, I'm like kind of 14, 15 years old, so I'm kind of out of that scene, but 
A lot of people online, very excited for that. So again, Rumble at the Burt, October 1. We're about a month away. We have Zicky Dice, former, formerly of Impact Wrestling, formerly of NWA, and now PJ Fresh Phil. And who knows who else will be in this Rumble at WPW's next event. Yeah, I think tickets are moving really well. I know that they were over 700 a few weeks ago. I think they're probably not knocking on 800. If they can get to 1,000 or 1,200, they're going to be really happy with that. They've got five weeks to do it. I think they've got a good shot. And again, we've said this time and time again, WPW is a hot ticket. It, you cannot get into their uh, West End Cultural Center shows because they sell out instantly. If you have not been to a Winnipeg Pro Wrestling show, you need to go October 1st. So get your tickets while you can. It's going to be a good one. Yep. There you go. What are we at for time, producer Chris? We are at 23 minutes. 23 minutes. I think it's a good time now for us to take a break. I don't think we missed anything. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about All In and why CM Punk is working the people again. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. You can tell it's a long weekend edition of BG's Wrestling because we're not in studio, and I apologize for that. But Mecca Shane Madison has a great idea that he wants to pitch, and he wants the promoters of Winnipeg to get on board with that idea. What is that idea, Mecca? So I had this thought um, maybe about a year ago, and of course we all remember... Um, super fan and later involved in the business, Jordan Garver. And Jordan Garver, the original Garver snake. You got it. You got it. So he used to go to, I mean, he was way back. I remember him at Steel Town Pro Wrestling shows in the early days of CWE. He would go to those shows and he was just a super fan, a really, really nice kid and tragically um, passed away. Um, I guess we're getting... We're getting almost to the two-year mark, I think. I think it was December of 2021, if memory serves me correct. So Jordan's been gone for a while, and he's sadly missed. And I've actually kept in touch with his mother uh, from time to time just to check up on her and, and see how things are going. And I thought it would be great if some local promotion, and I did talk to Danny about this with Canadian Wrestling's Elite, and it was something that was on their radar, and maybe just as time goes by, people get busy, it didn't happen. But I would love to see some sort of a Jordan Garber annual battle royal, or a Jordan Garber memorial something, or a Jordan Garber, some sort of a tribute to somebody who tragically passed away, and I think that would be um, a nice touch by somebody. 
I agree a hundred percent. It's not a well-known fact, but Jordan Garber was having trouble finding a place to live as an eighteen or nineteen-year-old, and I let him live with me in two thousand and fifteen for about three months, and it was uh, an interesting experiment. He was he was not a bad roommate, but I had a very small condo at the time, and uh, yeah, it was it was an adjustment for me. But uh, you know, I got to know him a little bit at that time. And his death was obviously tragic. He had his own podcast and wrestling. And he was always excited trying to get interviews with people. And um, I would love to see the Winnipeg wrestling community get together on that and do something nice that his parents can kind of see that made a bit of a difference in the wrestling scene. Because they probably didn't quite understand why he was so dedicated to it. And if they could see his peers honor him, I think that would be a beautiful touch. Yeah, I think, you know, he comes from a pretty pure spot as far as wrestling goes. Like, he was just a fan, and he just wanted to do anything to help out. And, you know, at times, I know he was a bit of a handful for his parents. And, um, you know, but, I mean, he's a young kid, right? He was just trying to figure out his way, right? And I I like to look at it as I kind of looked at him as, like, the little brother, um situation and there have been times when hey you know when he was acting like a she's head yeah i had no problem pulling him aside trying to set him straight giving him the straight goods and you know his his mother had mentioned to me that he always you know spoke very highly of me and looked up to me which i thought was really nice but um i was just trying to keep him on the straight and narrow because you know we've seen so many kids you know, kind of go down that path. And sometimes it's hard to pull the nose up when you're going into a tailspin. So anyways, um, I'm putting that out there to the local promotions here. I'd love to see a local promotion do some sort of annual Jordan Garber battle Royal or something like that. I think it would be a nice touch to somebody who's uh, sorely missed around here. You know, my favorite Jordan Garber story was the time that he had released wrestling cards and never told guys he was putting them on the card. And uh, somebody got mad at him and was like, hey, next time you're going to try to make a couple bucks off me, let me, you know, ask me a question ahead of time. And he went on the Internet and he's like, if you don't want free publicity, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I, oh, man, he was he just thought he had a good idea and he didn't he just jumped ahead and and, you know, he almost got in a shoot because of it. It was great. Um, yeah. He, let's and you know what? Oh. He, he, one other thing. He's yeah, we could talk a lot, a lot of Jordan Garber stories, but always entertaining at the after parties you know you have a young man who is freshly 18 or 19 years old trying to keep up with the boys in the bar um always a good time a lot of funny road trip stories that i've heard from jordan so uh just an all-around good guy uh, we miss him we wish he was here and uh you know i'd like to see something like this so let's uh let's uh, keep our fingers crossed so we can continue to uh, keep his uh his uh, memory alive yes Now let's talk about the biggest work in wrestling right now. I'm going to call it again. I've called it for an entire year. CM Punk is working the people. And Tony Khan is in on it. And Jack Perry is in on it. And the Young Bucks were in on it. And Kenny Omega was in on it. I could lay out the case better than Danny Duggan can beat the case on 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 a public health order violation defense. There is no shoot to this whatsoever, people. DM Punk is doing this 
intentionally to get a to get a rise out of everybody because controversy creates interest and that's what he's trying to do and you people are falling for it because people like Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp are reporting it like it's legitimate it's not legitimate there is no reason why Jack Perry, who's always had the reputation of being a good young man, a low-maintenance young man, is all of a sudden picking a shoot with a guy who was trained to be in the UFC. It's just, it, yeah. it doesn't seem realistic. It seems, yeah. it, like, antagonistic on everyone's part. You have to understand, in my entire time in the wrestling business, I have never seen people acting like this. Unless they were trying to cause, unless they were intentionally trying to start shoots, and if people say, "Well, that's what Punk's trying to do," then why did Punk want to come back to All Elite? He would have just walked away. He would have washed his hands of it and said, "I don't need this shit." But he's back there because he wants to be there, and if he wants to be there, he wouldn't be causing all of this crap. On the off chance he'd get his ass fired, Tony Khan would not run this business that badly. There's no element of truth. To and I've been saying it since day one. And the more that they keep spinning their wheels with this thing, the more it validates what I said on September, September, whatever the episode was last year. I said, this is a work. This, There's no way this was a shoot. And I've been proven 100% right. What is it? That every every year at All Out or All In, we have a shoot? And like, what is going on here? And like, first of all, you're 100% right, Mike. There's no way this has any sort of validity. This is a work for sure, right? Now, I mean, there's no way. But the crazy thing about this is, and this is how stupid AEW is, if this is actually happening, which we know it's not, are they going to be able to properly monetize this debacle into some sort of money-making angle? I don't have the faith that they're going to be able to monetize this. Well, this is the thing that scares me. The money was in Omega versus Punk or Bucks and Omega versus Punk and FTR. Now you've, you've complicated it because now you've got to do Punk versus Jack Perry. People forgot the original shoots. Like, they, people forgot that he had this locker room shoot because now all they can talk about is Jungle Boy and CM Punk are going at it. So, well, don't forget, hey, they're talking Nero and CM Punk are going at it. And then they're talking <laughs> like it's like, it's he's joking, I... CM Punk must be the toughest guy in the locker room. He's going yeah. after everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, usually, if you get into one shoot in a locker room, you're usually trying to distance yourself and trying to cool it down, or you're leaving and going home. This one had Jack Perry getting told to leave the building, and then everyone's suspended, and apparently Punk's going to miss Chicago. And it's like, what is the freaking payoff? Like, wouldn't wouldn't. Tony Khan sit everyone down and say, listen, guys, CM Punk is going to do business. This, If this was real, CM Punk is going to do business his way, this way, get out of his way and let him do what he needs to do with the people who want to work with him. I'm, I'm willing to let him have that space. Jack Perry, stay away from him because you obviously don't get along. And the box in Omega, you guys stay in your lane too. The problem is, Everything that's happened this year, the Bucks and Omega were suspended for three months, and they didn't bring that up. Contract negotiation? Hey, you you unprofessional prick, you suspended us for three months, but hey, give us our contract, we'll sign it, no problem. Ace Steel is brought back to work with potentially retro pay for the time he was supposedly off. This would be why 
this company would be run into the ground if this was all happening. This would be worse than WCW in the late 90s when Scott Steiner was threatening Terry Taylor's life, beating up Dallas Page in the back, and no one wanted anything to do with stopping Scott Steiner. But it's clearly CM Punk is trying to channel his Brian Pillman, his his controversy the controversy of brian pillman and the attitude era and he's laid the foundation perfectly now they got to let him do his thing let him have his program with jack perry let him have his program with the with the elite and hopefully that will the big box office but the more they keep setting the foundation for it the more they're gonna it's just not gonna lead to anything it's except the people thinking the punk's an idiot and nobody trusts him and that that will eventually stop working it's very Vince Russo-ish when you're kind of like working the boys in the back, right? I mean, it's yeah. just, it, it's, now, I, Mike, I fully believe that this thing is a work. But let me just ask you this. <laughs> what if it was an actual shoot? How hopeless is this company if this has any sort of legitimacy to it? If it's all a shoot, as it's been reported, they have they they won't be in business in three years because it's that disruptive and they're gonna once you right now the issue is men's egos wait till you start putting money as a factor wait until CM Punk wants to be the highest paid guy on the roster and everyone else in the roster doesn't want that to happen if this was all a shoot eventually the finances are going to start getting out there and then you're going to start seeing real real heat between people when wait a minute like take John Moxley or someone like that or or somebody underneath who has not been a problem at all, who has delivered good ratings like Adam Cole or uh, Jericho. And they're going to say, hold it. Why am I not $10 million if you pay punk seven, you know, like that, then you're going to start really having problems. Remember in WCW where it fell apart is nobody would do jobs for anybody. And they all had creative control of some form. Well, in this one, like WCW didn't have a whole bunch of shoots. It just had disruptive uh, egos. This is beyond disruptive ego. If it was true, it would be a toxic work environment for 95% of the roster, the guys that are in the actual fight, and then the guys who are walking on eggshells because they don't want to piss off the guys that are fighting. It would not be conducive for anything. So get out of this thing where you're constantly working a shoot and making the company look like it has zero credibility. Or if it is real, start firing people for the behavior. Like, I would fire Jack Perry. I'd say, you you instigated it by going and mugging to the camera and saying it's real class. You should have been, you should have had your face slapped for doing that, unless you were told to do it, which you had to be told to do it because the camera fed for it. <laughs> I, I can't put it into words how frustrating it is to watch stupidity like this. It yes, is. How, it, how funny is it, like, when they're saying CM Punk gets to. London, and there's no car service for him, <laughs> and some jabron has to pick him up, and then the Uber won't take him where he needs to go, and all this stuff. So it's not uncommon for talent to land at the airport when they work for one of the big two companies, big three, even. I bet you Impact has the same thing. And you go rent a car, and you have an address for your hotel, and you have an address for the venue. So what was it that Punk needed more than, okay, this is the hotel I need to check into, I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to get a Uber and take me to this address where my hotel is. <laughs> like, do they decide, Oh, well, who cares if punk knows where we're staying? We're putting punk in his own hotel. Cause he shoots with everybody. So, but we don't have to tell him what his hotel is because he'll figure it out. And then somebody, and then punk, wouldn't he call Tony Khan and say, Hey, 
travel never gave me my hotel. And, and Tony Khan would say, stay there. I'm going to figure this out within the next 10 minutes. I'm going to call you right back. This, again, doesn't make any sense. You're telling me Tony Khan doesn't have his phone on all the time in case CM Punk calls? He's one of the top talents in the company. It wouldn't happen like that. But supposedly it did. He ended up, fans had to tell him how to get where he's going because he was lost on a train. <laughs> oh, hey, listen. Listen, it's heavy, heavy roaming charges in London, England. So that's probably what happened there. Yeah. Well, first thing I could see him doing when he got to the venue is, Tony, this is the cost for my train. This is the cost for my taxi after I got off that train. This is the cost for the hotel I had to put myself up at. He would nickel and dime the promoter on every penny out of pocket he had. And I want an extra $5,000 for all the frustration because nobody in travel told me where I was supposed to go. It doesn't I don't believe it. It's all a work, but there's people who believe it like it's a shoot and CM Punk's an unprofessional prick. Okay, when do you start to look through this is what I have to say. Eh, it did is what... You, did you watch All In? Uh, I saw segments of All In. I watched a lot of clips from All In, but because it was Sunday noon to four, I know a lot of people watched it later on a feed. You should send me your feeds, by the way, so I have a chance to watch um, but no, I did not watch the card in its entirety, but the venue looked amazing and the crowd was red hot mission accomplished for all elite. Yeah. I think, uh, I would give the pay-per-view a seven out of 10. I thought the, the matches for the most part were done. Well, I thought that there was way too much hardcore crap and way too much nonsense with the violence. That wasn't necessary. I thought, although the main event angle with Adam Cole and MJF is we talked about how me the booking is i thought they made the match work within the confines of the angle that they presented and it's making me interested to see what happens next we'll see what happens of course they have all out uh the following weekend which will be have occurred after this is dropped and they've also announced all in two back at wembley stadium Next year, August the 25th, and we know they're not going to get another 81,000 people in the venue for that one. This was lightning in the bottle first time. Clearly, that is done as a preemptive measure when WWE is teasing WrestleMania in London. That's why they're going back there. How would Wembley be for WrestleMania in April? Would it not be cold in London? I got You won't know that, but that would be my... I, I think the reason why they would announce all in two or the all out two or all in two, I guess they're calling it, uh, would be to stop WWE from booking summer probably because that would be where they'd have to worry. Because either way, I think WWE still has a very strong market in the UK. They always have, and Impact used to have a very strong market in the UK. I think all all elite will continue to do good crowds their annual pay-per-view i want to know what the buy rate was like how much money did they make off that show i guarantee they made a lot the company's in good standing but they got to get more streamlined in their creative approach this chaos is great for tv but it, it isn't great for long-term business i think this might be a good reset for them like kind of having a little bit of positive momentum here again the houses haven't been great in the U.S. The um, TV numbers haven't been great for uh, Rampage, Collision, Dynamite. So this might be the kind of catapult that they need to go into the fall. I mean, they've announced AEW Wrestle um, Wrestle Dream on October 1st, which is another pay-per-view. That's coming from Seattle. That's their debut at this particular 
No, no, the Climate Pledge Arena. I think they were there in January. So this is their debut pay-per-view in Seattle. And that is, I guess, in honor of, um, was it Antonio Inoki, I believe, who I think that's what this show is all about. So Yeah, they're honoring Antonio Inoki. And then we talk about, you know, busy weekend, but the NWA has crowned a new NWA world champion, EC3. Great choice. Really strong choice for them. Because they just did the whole thing with Tyrus and and that was a step backwards. I I thought they should have went back to Mortona, but they didn't. EC3 is a good champion because he's a great worker, and he's a he can talk and he looks good and he's a good heel, and it sets up some good baby faces to work against him. They need some momentum. NWA lost a ton of momentum this year, last year, and. It's dying a slow death. It's almost like 1994 NWA when Candido and Severn were trading the NWA title. Um, They need to get the title on someone who has credibility and is loyal to their brand. And then they got to start building their YouTube show back up. I don't think they're anywhere close to getting a national TV deal. I don't think that and I don't think their long term survival prospects are that good, honestly. Right, and also Camille lost the women's championship, so she had had that thing for over 800 days. So so who knows what's going to happen with that. There's been some speculation that maybe we could see her move somewhere else. We'll see. You know, you never know. But you might mention television deal, and we should probably talk about our friends at Impact Wrestling. Been an interesting week for them in the news. Yeah, remember I predicted that they were in line to get a big TV deal. And it was bound to happen because they were making the most out of their talents and getting the greatest return out of guys. And I said it was just a matter of time. And then this past week, they released a press release that said that they were going to be changing their production schedule. And while they were doing that, they were going to be doing a massive technology upgrade to make their program look a lot better, which I could see why they needed to do that because... He, their pro their program didn't look bad. It just didn't look as as well financed as say all elites, and definitely not as much as WWE. So it's going to be very interesting to see what this looks like when it's done. And obviously, the motivation for putting that kind of money out by the Anthem Group would be because they have hopes of growing their audience. And how do how do they plan to do that? Yeah, so I had a chance to speak with someone at Impact Wrestling this week just to get some clarity on the statement that we saw online. And basically, yeah, what they said, they're going to be doing some production upgrades, which, you know, leads us to speculate that there could be some sort of a move coming in 2024. And we're talking about the United States as far as television goes. But um, basically, just to offer some clarity on this, what they're going to be doing is um, they're still going to be running their Moving forward into the new year, they're going to be running their quote their big four pay-per-views. So those will sort of be bigger shows like the Bound for Glories. Those will be in bigger venues in more established markets. A lot of their smaller shows, um, those are going to kind of dry up for a little bit, or they'll be doing them at smaller venues like Santino's Battle Arts Academy and things of that nature. Um, the technology upgrade that they're doing is going to take a little bit of time to do. And some of the shows, they're not going to be taping televisions 
um, for most of the rest of the year. But they are going to the UK. They're going to be taping those shows, and those shows will be used to fulfill their television contracts. So anything that happens in the UK, they're going to put that in the can, use that for their televisions. And then the hope is in the new year, um, they basically are going to start fresh. So Impact Wrestling is essentially acknowledged that they're a little bit of an afterthought in a crowded environment. They're trying to do something to stand out. They fully understand that they're kind of spinning their tires here. They need to do something different or come across as something different. So some of the talent that's not going to be booked on some of these shows moving forward, they're going to be given pay for four days, four shows, to kind of make them whole for the rest of this year. And then moving forward in the new year, things will kind of get back to a more regular schedule. Now, the speculation is this potentially could be a television deal with a major network. We don't know who that is. That is strictly speculation. Nobody in Impact Wrestling beyond Scott Demore probably knows for sure what's happening. But it's an exciting time for Impact Wrestling. They've been around since 2002 and they're looking to kind of set themselves out and distinguish themselves from the from the pack here. So it's uh, pretty exciting, especially with them moving into Las Vegas into a more uh, well-known on the strip. And I know what the venue is, but I'm not at liberty to say right now, but it's a big upgrade from Sam's Town. Yeah. Okay, so here you said major network. I don't think they need to move to a major network. They just have to move to a better network. Um, right now, they're on Access TV in the States. I think if they were to get WGN in out of Chicago, which is a national network, they can build their time slot to be to be a destination with their fan base and grow their fan base. I realize this. Even if they're on a national network, they're not going to get the same viewership as AEW's properties. They need to get that 350 to 500,000 viewers because they'll see spin-off effects on their on their um, pay-per-views and the merchandising. They don't carry the payroll that All Elite does. They don't pay Jim Ross a million dollars. Tom Hennigan doesn't make that kind of money. Uh, they, they're a lot different w- with the way that they pay their top guys. Their top guy would probably make $200,000, whereas the top guy in All Elite's making $6 million. So if they can get to a 350,000 viewership every week on a better network, they can compete because of the way they keep their economics. They can be number three. Somebody asked me recently, why do you guys pull for impact so much? And it's like this. Go back to 1997, and it was WCW was leading the pack. WWE was number two and deserved to be number two. And number three, ECW, and that's what people pulled for, was the number three brand because they were the ones that had to do more with less and get more out of talent that didn't belong. That's where I'm at with Impact. They, they do all of those things right. So they kind of fill that ECW role, and I pull for that. Uh, all Elite has a billion-dollar owner that doesn't care if he loses $100 million a year. WWE will never lose money because they've got all the TV deals and a 45-year head start, whatever it is. So all for impact, every step they do right, they do it's a every dollar they spend is a gamble, and they and they have to be smart about it, and that's why I pull for them. And also, let's call it the way it is. The more healthy organizations that are out there, AEW, WWE. You know, MLW, um, you know, Game Game Changer Wrestling, 
Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. I mean, these are all alternatives and also more places for guys to work and develop. So this is a good thing. I'm super pumped up to see what Impact Wrestling has in store for 2024. All right. And what else do you have this week? That's all I got. That's all I got. We're recording a couple days early here because, hey, it's the long weekend. We got to get out of here pretty soon. Yeah, you're traveling for the weekend. I'm working like a freak. That's what happens. Producer Chris, what time is it now? Well, Mike, it is time now for the Bees She's Mailbag. Two questions in the Bees She's Mailbag this week. Question number one coming in from Todd. He says, if you had a crystal ball to look one year ahead into the future, where do you see promotions like WPW, CWE, and Primos? I'm going to field this one first. I see WPW continuing to grow. Biggest reason for that is they don't look at their shows as I've got to profit this and take this money home. They look at every show as an investment into the next step of their of their uh, evolution. So when they do their show, the birds, if it makes money, it's money that they invest into their next step. And they have they have the dollars and cents figured out, the business end of it figured out. So I think you're going to see them continue to do things, find new venues, innovate, bring in talent. Something I had a, I had a conversation with Devin this week, and he said our vision is to find the next guy that's going to make it to all elites, not to find a legend that's already been uh, been there. And I like that vision. I think it's worked for them. CWE is going to continue to do some amazing things with Jacques Rougeau, and then they're going to do Baltimore Dragon. Don't be surprised if you don't see Al Snow in the near future. Don't be surprised if you don't see them continue to grow their shows from Alberta. They're going to try to get back into the Alberta market all the way to further east in Ontario. They have a vision and to make money, and that's the best vision you can have when you run a business. I think Primos is going to snap out of this um, run of of kind of questionable decision-making because they can't keep up doing it. I think you're going to see Graham smarten up, get focused, develop who he wants the market to, and get a little bit of momentum. I think he's he's a smart enough guy and he's a go-getter. He's just made some questionable decisions. I think it'll, I think it's going to turn around for him. I think he's got the right talent and he's willing to pay the talent. So I think uh, you're going to see all three companies have a great next year. I will agree with your uh, insight on WPW and CWE. I think Primo's won't be around at this time next year. I think he's going to, I don't know if he has a thick enough skin for this business. And I think he's going to, I don't know. I mean, I want him to be around. I want him to be successful, but I see, I see him tiring of this situation and getting exhausted with some of these. I mean, he's making things difficult on himself, you know I mean? Um, So I don't know if he has the wherewithal to keep going. So if he doesn't have a thick skin, the one thing he has to do is stop doing stupid things that gets people talking about him. Stop suggesting he's going to shut down. Stop getting caught lying about stuff that didn't happen. Stop. Like he's just got to, he's just got to think about his action before he does it. Think about the goal he wants to achieve and focus on that and don't do stupid things that distract from that. He's, he's got the right form. He's got the right uh, ingredients to have something successful. He's, He's just got to he's just got to think about what the consequences are of trying to do like trying to be a peckerhead and 
He doesn't mean to peckerhead. He just falls into the trap of impulsively doing things that make him look like a peckerhead. Yeah. Here's a sidebar. Does PCW run a show by this time next year? Do you see them coming back to do one show, potentially farewell show? I think if they do, they should do it in the parking lot at the old lid and do a parking lot, like license it and do a parking lot party and make it a beer fest and have some fun with it. Um, I don't think Andrew's got any appetite to do anything regular, unfortunately, not even come on our podcast. Um, I would love to see him do it. I would probably even agree to help or be a part of it or just appear. But I think he's, I think unless Kenny Omega calls him and says, I'm going to be in Winnipeg and I'll work a show for you, that'll be the only thing that will make him go, okay, I got to do it. Um, I I just don't know that. I think he's happy sitting back and kind of laughing at some of the shit he sees, right? Um, And he probably gets just as much kick out of it as we do, talking about Danny, like, defended himself to a got acquitted on a murder on a murder rap uh, so i don't see it but in the right situation he should do it in summer and he should do it almost like in june as like an anniversary uh 21 2000 was the first show in may at the at the palladium and i think if he did it in may as like a 23 and 23 year anniversary of the first show in that hallowed ground i think it would be neat yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, guys, I, th- I think innovation is going to be the name of the game for the coming year, especially for CWE. I think they're going to start innovating. I think we're going to start seeing some new stuff out of CWE. Not that they're old, but I think we'll see some new stuff out of them. As far as WPW, they're going to keep doing what you just said, Mike. They're going to reinvest that profit, and they're just going to they're going to keep getting bigger and better. And Primo's honestly, Graham has got a lot of good ideas, and he's had a lot of bad ideas. If he starts yes. putting some of those good ideas to work, the sky's the limit for Primo's. Okay, one last thing I will say: WPW is going to study closely what happens with Top Talent in Edmonton on Fight TV. If that works for if that works for Top Talent, do not be surprised to see WPW follow suit and do a deal with either Premier. I think it's called Premier Streaming Network, which is the one that Conrad just signed his deal with with. Uh, with those podcasts and StarCast, or they'll do a deal with Fight TV as well. All right, moving along to our second question in the mailbag. This one does come into our inbox, totalbshees at gmail.com. Hey, bees boys, this one is for all three of you. My question to you guys is who are some of the best local referees you have worked with over the years? They play such an integral role in wrestling, and it would be nice to hear about some of the good ones and what made them special. Thanks for the bee she's. I look forward to it every Monday morning. Signed, Cheese D's. Uh, that's Chance Donovan, right? Yeah, I, I mentioned that at the, at the top. Okay, uh, Mecca, you wrestled more matches than me. You go first. Um, well, I know what your answer is going to be, Mike, so I'm not going to take that answer. I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go off, off the board here and I'm going to give some props out to, um, our referee friend, our darling referee Alfonso. Great choice. From WPW. And let me tell you why the key to being a good referee, which I've talked about a million times here is to not be in the way You need to be the only normal person in that ring. You need to be there when you need to be there, and you need to be not there when you're not supposed to be there. 
You need to not take away from the match. You need to look professional, i.e. striped shirt, black pants, black shoes. If you're going to wear purple and gold shoes, make sure they match the company logo, which <laughs> Ref Alfonso does. Um, he's animated, but not over the top. Um, when he's counting shoulders down to the ring, he's actually looking at the shoulders as opposed to some of the referees that I've seen who can't even see the shoulders, but they're still counting. He does all the little things right, and I appreciate that. So I'm going to give some flowers to WPW and referee Alfonso. Great. Yeah, absolutely great. My favorite, obviously, was my main guy at WP, uh, WFX. Scotty Bowman was the ref, the go-to guy in the big matches, the tag matches, the top finishes. He was great on TV. He always took it very seriously. He was he was exactly what you just important. Filled that role completely. Um, the guy that had done it was Kelly Russell. Kelly Russell's problem was he thought he was the best ref, so he carried a bit of an ego with. Him. And some guy, it would rub some guys the wrong way, like working with him. Uh, Ryan Wood was a good ref, who, but he was focused on being a wrestler, so he didn't focus on being a great ref. I bet you now, knowing how many openings there are for referees in the big leagues, he maybe regrets that because he probably would have been good enough to make it. Uh, Alfonso was good enough to make it, but he's got a job as a paramedic, and he's like, he's, he's really good at that. Um, Scotty Bowman could although he's getting a little bit older. I think uh, in that, I, I'm trying to think of anyone I might be missing. Mike Pfaff was good as a 14-year-old. If he had stuck with it, he probably would have been a really good ref come 20 or 25. He's now dabbling with doing a couple of wrestling shows. Um, I'm probably missing a lot of great ones, but Scotty was by far and away the best I ever worked with. Uh, I, and I would say one other Scotty, Scott Carnegie is very good as well. He, um, he, he, he looks the part, he looks like authority in there and he does a great job as well. So I'll, uh, I'll give kudos to uh, Scott Carnegie as well. Good friend of the show. I, yeah. I would probably go with, and this is, this might be at a left field for you guys, but underrated, I think in the grand scheme of things, Chris Markswell in PCW he never really ever got in the way I mean, when I was there. Of course, I, I didn't have to deal with him in his younger years, but I think he is an underrated referee. He never got in the way. He never tried to outshine the guys in the ring. He was always in place. He, he moved around well. And, and as Mecca will know, or you too, Mike, uh, there's a lot of referees that shouldn't be even referees either. They can't move around. They yeah. can't do the stuff. So that can really take a good match and make it a bad match. Refs are notorious for trying to upstage the talent too. And that's, that's one of the worst things the ref can do, trying to get a pop out of the crowd when he doesn't need to. And the number one thing a ref can do to be valuable in a wrestling show is be part of the ring crew. The ref should know that ring better than anybody because they're in the match. They're in four matches out of eight or, or three matches out of eight. They got to be able to tell the talent, hey, the ring's good tonight, or the hey, watch this in the ring. So refs should be on ring crew all the time. And with that, we wrap up the mailbag. It is now time for the event center. Mecca Shane Madison, what do you got for us? This is your Bishi's Wrestling Event Center. We start in British Columbia. Friday, September 8th, 365 Pro Wrestling is in Richmond. Saturday, September 9th, Nation Extreme Wrestling is in Vancouver. Saturday, September 9th, All-Star Wrestling is in Chilliwack. 
We move to Alberta, where Friday, September 8th, Real Canadian Wrestling is in Edmonton. Saturday, September 9th, Real Canadian Wrestling is in Camrose. Over in Manitoba, Thursday, September 7th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Minidosa. Friday, September 8th, CWE is in Winnipeg. Saturday, September 9th, CWE is in Gladstone. And finally, Saturday, September 9th, Cloud9 Wrestling is in Brandon. And that has been your Bishi's Wrestling Event Center. Nine events this week in the event center, according to my count. And I noted last week there was no events in Manitoba. This this week, there's no events in Saskatchewan. I guess the Saskatchewan wrestling market has dried up. Um, Mecca, great work on that. Um, what what can we say about this show? We are never doing this again. <laughs> I say this all the time. We're going back to studio next week. I, the schedule got all mixed up. We normally do this Thursday nights. Well, you're out of town on Thursday, and I could have been there Thursday, but Chris is out of town. Where are you going on Thursday, Chris? Thompson, Manitoba. Beautiful town. I hope you're not <laughs> staying there. Not for, not for very long. Uh, Friday was the long weekend, so we couldn't do that. So here we are Wednesday night. So if we're out of touch on the news, we apologize if CM Punk showed up in Chicago. Well, it only makes sense because it's a work. And, um, yeah, any parting words, Mecca? No, this is, uh, like you said, uh, teams just ain't the same thing. Hey, if we could ever do a video uh, Bishi's wrestling show on our YouTube page, we could actually see what we're looking at here. And you're looking rather dapper sitting in the, uh, what is that, the uh, VIP section at the Winnipeg uh, Winnipeg Blue, Blue Bomber Stadium? It's the Sean Coates Press Box, I think it's called, or the Sean Coates Media Center. It's named after our old friend Sean Coates. It's, uh, I, I'll show you for the, the, those of you on teams with us, which is Mech and producer Chris. Great view, the lit up stadium. Um, but yeah, I, I at work tonight and I managed to take a couple minutes to talk bees with you boys and I loved every minute of it. Thank you. And you know what? That's why there's no Saskatchewan events. They're still licking their wounds after the Labor Day Classic. That must, that must be what happened here. Hopefully so let's- the Bombers win by 21. Let's pray for a win. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Next week, we'll be back in studio with BG's Wrestling Episode 72. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend.